0: Keep trying to pull up my right. uh-huh. I got 30, in my mm. I got the pistol on the flight. The flight. I just flew out LA from Charlotte. for in the with head down, mm-hmm. and like This Crazy.
1: is Hounds Tooth Heroes brought to you by Drew City Brewing Company. If you are headed to Tuscaloosa for the game of the century, part duh, with many, many uninvited guests. You may be asking yourself, self, where do I park? Well, I'm here to tell you, park your hoopty at Druid City Brewing Company. That's right, Druid City Brewing Company, the finest suds in all the south they don't pay us to say that they just get us drunk for free it's right there by the bakery and oz music and 15th and hackberry to the stadium tell the scouts you're going to the brewery and it's 100 free of charge except for the beer don't be an asshole buy a beer talk to Bo. make fun of elliot i'm greg he's elliot and he's he's ellis and we are coming to you live and nervous from national tennessee and santa fe new mexico you can find us on the website at houndstoothheroes.com or on Twitter at H2Heroes, H2Heroes. And we have a special guest. We are thrilled to have Rob Brown join us to share his insight into LSU. How's it going, Rob?
0: Just living the dream, fellas. It seems like we get to do this once a year, every year, around this weekend. And uh, for the first time in a long time since I've gotten the opportunity to broadcast with you guys, I'm I'm almost dare I say confident that I might not be sad on Sunday morning. <laughs> it's rare, but it's the first time Oof. in a while that I've gone into this, not not thinking LSU wins, but hey, we got a shot. A realistic chance, because as we all knew coming into this, there was going to be a Heisman candidate playing quarterback for one of these two schools. And at the beginning of the year, we all knew it was going to be for LSU. So here we are.
1: (laughs) All right, guys, are you partaking of a beverage this evening or have you gone straight to Xanax as I have? Let's start with Rob, because we are gracious hosts and because he is an intolerable alcoholic. Rob? Rob?
0: Well, first off, sir, I find myself very tolerable. I actually like me more often than not. Not all the time, but sometimes. Uh, Yes, I have elected this evening because you guys have invited me here ever so graciously to talk LSU football alongside a couple of bammers. Uh, I have elected to go with the homebrew. Uh, However, I'm switching up. Ordinarily, I would pop the cap to a nice cold Abita Andy Gator. Uh, This evening, it is a new liquor I found I like called Gator Bite. It is a Satsuma-flavored rum uh, that is brewed right there in southeastern Louisiana. It is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I'm simply putting it over ice because, again, emphasis on the alcoholic part, not the intolerable part. But I've thrown some Satsuma-flavored rum from Gator Bite over ice. And uh, it has made speaking Mm. with you, Greg, even more tolerable than usual. (laughs)
1: Metsy.
2: Well put. Uh well Greg, first before I tell you what I'm drinking, will you ask me what I'm wearing? What are you wearing, Metsy? Joggers, Gregory. I bought joggers. Oh god. Have you ever worn a pair of I, these?
1: I have not, no. Tell very, us
2: more. Very into. They're like sweatpants, but uh snobbier. May i
0: jump in for just a moment and tell you that i am absolutely pro jogger they are the most comfortable things i've ever owned and yes they make you feel like you're working out before you get on your yacht i approve my man you are well in good company here
2: yeah yeah i've barely taken them off for two days now so highly recommend (laughs) joggers joggers stock going i
0: do suggest more than one pair
2: yeah, I need to work on that. These are gonna get these are gonna get dingy quick. All right, to what I'm drinking, I'm having a celebratory drink tonight, boys. I've got a uh, Buffalo Trace neat, very nice, little sweet. I'm kind of iffy on it, but it's nice. Uh, celebratory because your boy was the winner of roll Bama Roll's uh, impromptu haiku contest. And shout out to our buddy Eric who hooked me up for uh, two tickets to this Game of the Century.
1: And uh, I would like to point out that there was absolutely nothing behind the scenes on this. One at and Square, nothing but under the table because we're not about that life.
2: I felt it could have been a makeup call for my Tennessee (laughs) stories, which were certainly better than any other submitted. But I'll take it for the haiku, putting it on my resume.
1: Fair enough. Um, All right, I'm just down with a bourbon and ginger. I'm just boring tonight, but let's get this party started. First, we do need to apologize for the absence for two weeks. Uh, But look, even Jesus needed some time off, and really, we're no different. Uh, But there's really only one thing that we need to talk about this
0: week. Wait, wait, I know this. I know okay, this. Say, are you waiting for the drum roll? Because I can I, do it. It's up to was, you guys. I was waiting
2: and then I had realized what it was because it is time for the hottest take you'll hear during this arbitrary time period. Yeah, that's not what I mean, but go ahead, do the bit. All right, I've got a couple of takes here. I've got some takes for you. Uh, right. One Are they,
1: are they true? To, are they bound to come true this time?
2: Uh, it's more, these are less predictions, more hot takes. I want to get reactions. One, Tua has injured his own self by working out as hard as he does. We've talked about this, that he Instagram lives or whatever the kids are doing, uh, snaps, snaps and... What not yeah. from the locker room after games on a Saturday night? Uh, Jalen Hurts is now doing this too. So something was in the water a couple of years ago. I am firmly against this and would like to credit it to his injury. That's hot take number one that you're going to hear. Hot take number two is, and at, at, at this maybe it's a question, but I think it could lead to hot takes. At what point does Saban put Tua's future ahead of? beating LSU this weekend and and sit him out and potentially use him strategically to uh, switch up the game plan that whatever the Tigers have prepared.
1: All right, I have a take on this and I'm sure Rob does too. I've got two takes actually. First of all, I'm not sure Tua has a future. The dude is made of the finest Irish porcelain. Um, he breaks at, you know, you look at him funny, he breaks. So if that's going to be what he's like, all you know, in, going into the NFL, uh, he's not going to have much of an NFL career, um, but I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. You know, I, I agree with you. I think I think we're going to see both quarterbacks on Saturday, and it will be a you know I think it's going to happen strategically. Who who do we need when? Hopefully, it won't be you know because Saban, in my opinion, is not the best end game coach. We've talked about this. Um, hopefully, it won't be the really obvious situations where we see each quarterback, but given that we are what we are more than likely it will be rob
0: first and foremost i want to jump in and say that i'm so happy to hear somebody else say that nick saban's not the best in-game coach i have said that on my radio show for years and i have gotten i've gotten dragged for having the audacity of taking apart anything about Nick Saban but I, I honestly 100% agree with you Nick Saban's a guy that beats you in February March he beat you a week before the game with good game planning but if you can outduel him as we've seen Dabo Sweeney do as we've seen Jimbo Fisher do in the past if you can outdo him in game you can beat him even if he does have superior athletes that being said the next time. And and I know that Nick Saban's a good dude when it comes to his players. I know that his players have always loved him. I know he's always looked after him. But if you think there's ever been a point where Nick Saban has made an in-game decision going, well, on one hand, if I play this kid, we have a better chance to win, but it lessens his future. And he's decided to go with the kid's future. Yeah, I'm going to call shenanigans on you on that. So if playing Tua wins you the game, Tua is going to be on the football field, and that's just the end of it as far as I'm concerned. We've seen, like you've mentioned, we've seen some of the practices. Long story short, the kid's going to play, and I think he's going to see a vast majority of the snaps unless he gets hurt again. I agree with you, Greg. I think the guy is somebody you better protect because one too many hits back there in the pocket, and he is going to go down and stay down. But uh, and, and you better believe that Coach O is going to be bringing some heat off the side. They last couple of weeks for uh, LSU, excuse me, especially against Florida, has kind of started to put in this speed rush package that we didn't really see the first handful of games of the season. And part of that. Makes me think that they just wanted they have the athletes and they wanted to try it. But part of me thinks they're getting it ready for Alabama. They know if they can get to two a, a disruption, b to never let him get into a rhythm after missing some time, and c if you hit him hard, hit him early, hit him often, you might be able to take him out of the game. Not in a dirty way, but just that's how his 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 injury report has read since he got there. So. I would very much look for LSU to have a lot of speed rush packages in there to come after Tua. And if he starts getting hit early, then you'll see Saban make the switch. But if LSU can't get to him, Tua's playing the full game, and I think he's taking 85-plus percent of the snaps.
1: Fair enough. Breaking news. The president is coming. Don't listen, Carol. We're about to get political on your ass. Is he traveling the country searching for venues that won't boo him? Has he found the right one? Set the numbers, fellas. Percentage of boos to applause. And I guess we know what you need to go ahead and talk about the SGA too. <laughs> I'm going to
2: give it roughly a quarter of the stadium. I think there will be enough suburban whites who are just drunk and need to boo somebody. Uh, I think they'll join me. And Gregory, I just want to say I'm a little worried about my safety. Are you? Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, granted that I'm on crutches and right, half (laughs) a good leg. I won't say a good leg, half a good leg. Uh,
1: I mean, you're already a burden and then this.
2: Yeah, I can see somebody kind of squaring up and I'll have had some bourbon by then. And I don't know. We'll see how it goes, man.
0: Okay, Robbie. Uh, If he is traveling the country looking for a sports venue that's not going to boo him, I'm thinking like, A rodeo in Wyoming is about his only shot at this. Uh, That being said, it's not a surprise, and I say this lovingly to you, fellas, it's not a surprise that El Presidente has decided to go to the great red state of Alabama for his last final ditch to not get booed out of the building. It happened twice in D.C. It happened at the UFC fight in New York. Uh, But that being said, he's obviously got a decent fan base there. You know a handful of the students there are going to be on his side. Uh, It's not going to be as bad as it was at the Nationals game. Certainly not as bad as it was at the UFC game. I'm going to go 60% boo him. But more importantly, what I'm really interested to see, I'm really interested to see – and this is the goofy broadcaster, TV, radio dude part of me. I'm really interested – I want to see how CBS handles it. Do they show it at all? Do they show it after it happened with the sound edited? Do they do it live and just let it be what it is? And if they boo him, so what? I'm really intrigued to see after what Fox did with the World Series and the edits that they made to it afterwards. I'm kind of intrigued to see how CBS decides to handle that.
1: Fair enough. Uh, And I mentioned the SGA. They put out a statement saying – uh, if you uh, get rowdy or, I don't, or disruptive... A disturbance.
2: A disturbance. Yeah, if you
1: cause a disturbance, you will be uh, kicked out and you will not get your seating privileges for the rest of the year. Well, the rest of the year is Western Carolina, so boo effing who, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, don't listen to the SGA, kids. Fight the man. Uh, next up, we asked you uh to Ask a Hero every week, we say to you on Twitter on H2Heroes, uh, give us some questions and we'll answer your silly questions here on the podcast. And we do that. Uh, so the first up, listener Ian, not producer Ian, because he'd never ask a question this um risque, would like to know who would you rather? Coach O or Dabo? Gentlemen, chew on that. I'm
2: going with the Cajun. Every single time. Right. Rob? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, first off, I have to tell you guys, I feel like an idiot because when you sent me the outline, and I don't mean to blow the mythos of the show, but yes, ladies and gentlemen, these two fellas actually do show prep more than just making a drink. So I was impressed by that to start. I spent the better part mm-hmm. of like an hour looking through stats and figures and history to figure out which coach I wanted to hire before I actually read the question, which would you rather? Who uh, you going to sex, Rob? Who you going to sex?
2: Yeah, you you were looking up nudes, Rob. It's okay.
0: <laughs> it was it it got a little weird, but you and I both know, and, and sorry for being biased, you and I both know the answers, Coach O, right? Like Coach O's the guy that you're gonna get blackout drunk and do stuff with and then just hope you took enough cell phone pictures the next day to piece the whole thing together.
1: Fair enough. I too am going with O, while not aesthetically as pleasing as Dabo, I guess. If we're going there, Um, I've just kind of always wondered about sexing a born again type because that's not something I've done. Like how into it can they really be? Um, Anyway, let's 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 um, move on. Um, (laughs) Really, because if it us just the ghost of Kenny Stabler, I don't care. Um, You have a Ask a Hero question, Metsy.
2: Oh, I do. Yes. Okay. so uh, I'm going through what some would call a phase and have been listening to different music that I'll get to here momentarily. Um, But it got me thinking if you could, let's say slip the PA guy or the band director, if you want the live band to play it, but think about you're in Bryant Denny. It's the perfect time at the game. Maybe we're going into the fourth quarter of a close game, all the momentum on the tide side, things are looking good. It's, you know what I'm talking about when the stadium is just, peaking and everything is perfect if you could slip a hundo let's say to the pa guy and also a hundo really to everyone in attendance to get into it so just that everybody is is vibing feeling the same thing let's see that's a hundred thousand people you're paying them all a hundo it's got that's probably more than a million math is hard but let's say if you could pay a million dollars to just jam out in the stadium to one song what would that song be and Gregory, I'm going to go with mine to the aforementioned phase. Been listening to a lot of The Smiths, which he <laughs> checks out. And if you can just get all of Bryant Denny jamming to this charming man, I think it would be a memory of a lifetime.
1: The answer is Take It to the House by Trick
0: Daddy. Oh, that's such a good one. How did you do that? I'm just that good. Robbie? I mean, it's Colin Baton Rouge. Is that inappropriate at this no, point in time? It is I inappropriate. It's it is. Moving no. on. Listen, the answer is I'm throwing <laughs> anything by guar on the speakers Shut just up. to see what the Bammers do when I hit them with the guar. Guar <laughs> <Morris,
1: that is laughs> yeah, solid. Solid
0: call. I respect that. Uh, all
1: right. And frankly, Gump War has been around forever. I saw them when I was in college, and that was, you know, not not one decade ago, but more uh, So, you know, that's a solid move right there with the gore call Finally, listener Adam Condra, a different Adam, would like to know Is there a rational reason why the Tide is favored this week? Aside, before we answer Pick up listener Adam's hilarious comedy record Back when he had hair Wherever you pick up your comedy record One word answer, please uh, What is there a rational reason why the Tide is favored this week? Robert. Anyone that's off.
0: Okay, well, if we're being honest, you said one word answer and I panicked yeah. a little bit. The next the next thing I answer <laughs> with one word will be the first. Uh I, d- to me it's simple. Tua. Uh, that's it. Tua's back. And as much as I hate to say that he's that much of a uh that much of a game factor, the reality is all statistically across the board, everything's relatively even, but you're playing this game in Tuscaloosa and Tua's back. That's my one word answer.
1: My answer is no. Mets Drunk.
2: okay and that's probably as good a segue as any uh to talking about the game itself as you all know the tide and the tigers kick off at 2 30 god's time it's a cbs game coming to you live from bryant denny stadium in tuscaloosa your tide is anywhere from a six six and a half seven point favorite doesn't make any sense to me gentlemen do you have takes here
1: i actually do have takes uh sam ellinger Texas, threw for 409 yards and four touchdowns, losing to LSU, and he did not have the benefit of any running game at all to take the heat like off like the Bama quarterbacks do. Uh, Florida's Kyle Trask, Auburn's Bo Nix, they're fine, but they do not have the chops to keep up with what Joe Burrow was able to do. And in the fourth quarter, when their respective teams needed something special, they were still Kyle Trask and Bo Nix, which brings us to Tua. If he can, like Rob said, if he can play and the O-line does its thing, the Tide will score points on this trash LSU defense. But even if it's Mac Jones under center, the four wide receivers have the talent to take over the game no matter who's getting the ball. Uh, So I think we'll see some of both quarterbacks, really, uh, depending on the situation. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, The key to the Tide winning will be long, sustained drives and keeping Burrow off the field. Gentlemen, who else has got some takes?
2: All right, I'll go next, and I'm going to look at the Tide defense, which frankly just isn't the killer core that we've had in recent years. By any reasonable, normal standards, it is a very, very good group. But for this program, it's just uh, kind of okay. Typically, it's sort of bend and occasionally break, which is new for us. Um, And it it hasn't faced anything so far, like it's about to see when – Heisman Joe rolls in, J-E-A-U-X. Uh, most oh, yeah. of the numbers against the secondary have come in blowouts, but it's still possible to push the ball mid-range to deep on a secondary that has started coming up with plenty of big plays. We destroyed Arkansas's Nick Starkle two weeks ago. Uh, we made some special teams plays. I want to get to that later. think that could come in handy. Uh, but, you know, for all that we've seen our offense kill people with the shallow cross and the slants, our freshman linebackers and the DBs are also getting killed with the shallow cross and the slants. Uh, Auburn's defense is fantastic. We know this. Joe Burrow hit seventy six percent of his throws for three hundred and twenty yards. There, Florida's defense is fantastic. Burrow hit seventy eight percent of his throws for three hundred and twenty seven yards. There, four touchdowns. So, and then and then you look at Texas, who is questionable. not so suddenly uh but when they were challenged when LSU was challenged there the passing game came up with a big play every time and took control of the game uh when Florida and Auburn pressed LSU was able to get nasty and pound the ball a bit to balance things out so if LSU's offense comes out and starts strong against our defense I suspect it could be a very very long day for the boys in Crimson Rob give us your takes
0: well, I'm going to start with this and I'm going to go directly against something that Greg said when he called LSU's defense and I quote directly trash and <laughs> quote. You did. I, uh, I remember that, that vividly. I know that you do and that's uh that's why I love talking to you as much as I hate talking to you. Uh the the thing that I find interesting and I'm I'm not just a a stats guy. I'm not a guy who just looks down and says, "Well, these stats say this." But they do matter, right? And so when I look down statistically speaking, at what LSU's defense has accomplished and what Alabama's defense has accomplished. And yes, I agree with Metsy. It's not the killer defense that we're used to seeing Alabama. They are still very good. And of course we all knew that Louisiana football would have a great fired up offense all year. We just thought it would be drew Brees leading it, not Joe burrow. When I look at LSU's defense, I'm looking at a team that's surrendering less than 21 points a game. And that's against three top 10 teams. Now, granted, Texas didn't turn out to be what we thought they would. However, Sam Ellinger, not a bad offense. Yes, LSU, or excuse me, Florida and Auburn were both in Baton Rouge, but you're still talking about te- two teams that that was a make or break for their season. And I'm looking at an LSU uh, defense that surrendered less than 21 points a game. Alabama's given up over 15. So you're talking about a basically a five-point difference there. And then when I look at the yards allowed, LSU's allowing 322 a game. Alabama 307, and I would argue, again, even if Texas wasn't what we thought they were, even if Auburn and Florida maybe aren't the world beaters they've been in years past, you're talking about a a barely a 15-yard difference in yardage per game, and LSU's played a much more difficult schedule. So if you're going to call LSU's defense trash, I'm going to point you to the fact that statistically speaking – they're nipping on Alabama's heels in every statistical category and doing so against a much more difficult schedule through the first half of the season. I'm okay, not well, saying well, they're well, going well, go to go get two. I'm saying look out.
1: You're going to stop. But yes, Florida and Auburn were two top ten teams. Are those two top ten offenses?
0: Oh, no, absolutely not. And again, I want to make abundantly clear. I said in my whole breakdown there, we're not talking about Florida of the Tebow years. We're talking about Kyle Trask, and I get it. It's not talking about the the, the 06 Florida Gators. We're not talking Urban's Gators here. What I am saying, though, is that they're respectable offenses. You're not going to call either of them bad you're not going to call either of them Akron. They're both respectable offenses, and LSU did what they needed to do. The only point that I'm making is even if Auburn and Florida, but even if Texas isn't as good as we thought they were going to be, I would put LSU's schedule significantly ahead of Alabama's, and statistically speaking, we're talking about comparable defenses. Even with Michael Divinity out, and I know we're going to get into that in just a second, don't sleep on LSU's defense to come out and make life frustrating for Alabama's offense, even if they are more versatile than the than the offenses LSU's played so far.
1: Fair enough. Talk about Divinity because I don't know enough about him and what his role was in that uh, defense. Uh, just a little backstory. Uh, Divinity was their linebacker, and from what I understand, it was a starting linebacker. I remember Rob can talk more about that. About and he has apparently left the team. So Rob, what's the deal?
0: Well, uh, first off, we don't we don't know the personal issues that have made him leave the team. No, I've been, no, I don't care here about that. And, yeah, yeah right. Care. We've we've heard some different things. But as far as on the field goes, Michael Dirty was a strong side linebacker who was an excellent pass rusher. And it, it, it's a loss. Any LSU fan who tells you it's not that big of a deal is either misinformed or lying. At the end of the day, the guy was a study, was a playmaker, and it's going to hurt to lose him. The good news for LSU, if there is any, is that you have got some options as far as how you're going to adjust to that. You've got uh, Chase On who's a strong side pass rusher who can fill in and is versatile enough to shift in that spot. And honestly, statistically speaking, the guy is second in the team in sacks and tackles behind Divinity. And those numbers would likely be higher if A, he was in that role and B, he hadn't missed a couple of games due to injury. You also have some other names that I want you to keep an eye out for. Andre Anthony is behind Divinity on the depth chart. Last. Likely going to move into another position, probably the weak side backer when you see Chase on move over. But he's got the ability to get up and down the football field and coverage. So look for him to try to take away those running back dump passes. A couple of other names. Ray Thornton is likely going to slide into the linebacker position on the strong side. Damone Clark, Patrick Queen, Jacob Phillips are all have all played soundly so far. But there's one name I want you guys to listen for on Saturday, Marcel Brooks. Marcel Brooks missed most of the first few games of the season. But he has been trending up significantly before Divinity left the team. And even though he only played in two of the first five, he's been in the last three, including the game against Florida, where he was absolutely money in a speed rush package. The interesting thing, and this is what makes it difficult, he's only around 200 pounds. So he's been playing kind of a safety, walked-up corner spot, but he will fill in in that linebacker role, even though he's a little bit undersized there. So you've got to kind of disguise him a little bit. You can't put him in a linebacker's role. He's got to play a DB role, but he can blitz off the corner and do so very quickly. He has been trending up the last few weeks. Now, granted, you've been able to use him with Divinity as the linebacker, so you can kind of cover up where he's blitzing from, et cetera, but Marcel Brooks has been playing very, very, uh, very, very well the last few weeks as a speed rush guy. And as we talked about earlier, you got to get to Tua. You got to get to him fast and you got to get to him early. I'd look for him to be a big impact player. If you hear Marcel Brooks name called three or four times in the first half, LSU wins this game. But if Marcel Brooks is kept out of the mix, you don't hear his name. That means Tua is getting time to throw the football and LSU's in trouble.
1: All
2: right, cool. The, that was, those were more player names given on this podcast than we've done the entire <laughs> season. It's impressive.
0: See, I'm just here to make your lives better, fellas. Yeah, That's yeah. why you brought me here.
2: Well done. Well done.
0: Uh, All right. Speaking of <laughs> making lives yeah, better. Yeah, that was it. Yeah.
2: Perfectly. Let's talk wagering, which always goes well for the boys here. All right. We will pick three Southeastern Conference games that you can absolutely not take to the bank. I mean, you can take them to the bank, but nothing will happen. They'll look at you funny and ask why you're wearing that mask. First up, Mizzou travels to Athens between the hedges as a 14-and-a-half-point dog. Who you hating, Gregory? Start us off.
1: I got some strong takes. Like some really some strong hate, really. Missouri cannot win on the road. They lost to Wyoming on the road. They lost to Vanderbilt on the road. Take this one to your tired little bank heroes and lose bunches of money. Even though UGA is coming off an emotional win at Florida, I hate Missouri so much that it is my hate of the week. Hate of the week.
0: <laughs> hate of the week, which is a phrase I need to work into my daily lexicon more often, if we're being honest. Always. <laughs> uh, so so for those of you who don't know, uh, which is uh, all of you except maybe Greg, uh, I now live in the great city of Jacksonville, Florida, hashtag Duval. Uh, I was out and about after that Florida-Georgia game this past weekend after spending a bunch of time watching it, and I'm going to say this. As much as that's a rivalry game and as much as that, yeah, it's an emotionally invested game, Georgia didn't really pour themselves into that win. I mean, it's a good win. But if you go back and watch that game, it wasn't really like Georgia was fighting an uphill battle and needed to call everything they had out of this game to win. They were pretty comfortable for the most part. They've got some reserves saved up. They're going to smoke Mizzou. It's not even going to be close. I don't even care what the spread is. Give me Georgia, and I'll lay all the points you want me to. Fair enough. Metsy.
2: Yeah, I mean, they lost to Bandy. I think you said it. I don't know what (laughs) is going on with Kelly Bryant. They started Mizzou. I want to, we never do this, but I want to remind the listener shout out to Fred. Hi, Fred. Thank you. uh, That (laughs) Mizzou was your dark horse for the SEC East. Before this GFY. Oh, yeah. <laughs> never get to do that because I drink so much. I never remember. <laughs> so thank you. Um, yeah. I so,
1: all of your shame. I was high on Mizzou. I was high on Mizzou last year. I've been there. I had a good time. I decided Mizzou was the team. And really, I'm not alone. Other people thought they were going to make a run. Who knew they were going to suck on the road? But here we are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, I, with that said, hating a tiger.
1: Fair enough. All right. So the ball is headed to the cat where Kentucky is favored by four points in Lexington. Are you hating there, Betsy?
2: Man, I think this Tennessee team is a different team. I think they pulled it together for Alabama and kind of have not looked back. They've won a game, two games now. Yeah. Yeah, Two games, two whole games and covered. I want to say, uh, so I'm just going to ride them here. I guess I hate to do it. I think I would take the vol money line, uh, Over the cats here. I'm hating a cat. Rob?
0: Uh, Tennessee's a different team. Control-C, (laughs) control-V, refresh every single year. I'm so tired of it. Uh, That being said, I, I... I don't care. Is that bad? Like I wanted to come in here with all these hot college football takes. And then you guys hit me with Kentucky and Kentucky, Tennessee. And I don't think I could care less. I'm going to go Tennessee here, uh, but only because I'd rather drink more than continue to talk about this game.
1: And honestly, look, I was doing everything I could not to put this game on the board, but, but there are just no other games to pick. Uh, and so, I guess I agree with everybody else. Vols on an uptick. Uptick. I'm sad to say, uh, or maybe South Carolina is just trash. Either way, I am going to hate the cat here. Vols win a close one in Lexington. And finally, the game of the century part two, brought to you by well us. Uh, we are sponsoring this game, and we expect revenue. Uh, Tide is favored by six Seven and a half depending on your guy Uh, So we said This is going to be a high scoring game I expect the over which is 65 To hit and it will probably hit By the end of the third and I am not One to tempt fate I will continue to hate on the Tide Your final score 41 to 38 And I have no idea who will have the 41 Who's who's next
2: (laughs) Oh Gregory I just want to puke thinking about it Um
1: (laughs) I,
2: I made mention earlier to special teams, which has proven influential in this game more than once. Obviously, field goal kicking, but also I distinctly remember was it Brad Wing? Brad Wing, Brad the, the Wing? punter, the, the Aussie the, punter,
0: the Aussie wonder. Man,
2: I hated that guy. I hated <laughs> that guy. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I think you know field position and field goal kicking are going to be two things that come into play here. I don't like Alabama's chances to uh, be the better of either of those. I think, I do think the overheads, I've seen more and more people kind of getting on the under saying, you know, maybe a 24, 21 type game. (laughs) I know I just can't, even if the quarterbacks are that awful, I think the defenses will be scoring because they're that athletic. Regardless of whether they can actually cover a slant, um, I am gonna be right there with you, Gregory. Maybe even a few more points. I'm gonna oh hate our tide and hate Vegas. I just don't get it. And I'm gonna go an even fifty to forty five. Yeah,
0: right. Are you are you guys are you guys both openly disrespecting the tide right now? Is that what's happening? I, I've, been hating, I've been hating the tide all all year and it's paid off for me, so I'm going with it. I'm I'm so proud of you both. I really am. Uh so I started this whole thing by saying that for the first time in as many years as I can remember as an LSU guy, that I'm actually slightly optimistic. I'll say this. Regardless of the final score of the game, I'll take LSU to cover, right? Yes. I'm looking at a six-and-a-half-point yeah. game. I've seen it seven-and-a-half. I've seen it up to budging the ten-point line a couple of times. Six-and-a-half, I'm taking LSU, and I'm taking the points, no questions asked. I'm talking a field goal game one way or the other, and I'm pretty comfortable in that. That being said. I think you're looking at an LSU offense that for the first time and as long as I can remember is capable of frustrating Alabama's defense and while I don't I'm not going to say that Coach O is up there with the Davos of the world in terms of in-game strategy I think that if you can get Nick Saban frustrated and if you can get Alabama's defense rocked back on its heels you can continue momentum and I think that's what LSU does so I like LSU if we're just talking strictly money line I love LSU to cover I love LSU to cover a full Touchdown, even if it all is on the road. But I'm agreeing with you guys. I'm talking like a like a 47 45 game. Uh, I'm gonna lean LSU. That might be my heart more than my brain talking here. But I like Joe Burrow. He's yet to be flummoxed as far as dropping back and throwing the ball. Well, Alabama's gonna try. But with enough of the quick out routes that I think force your linebackers to stay back, I like Joe Burrow to just make the play. Nothing big, nothing electric, nothing extravagant. Just make the plays that need to be big. Take LSU to cover. I don't hate the idea of taking LSU straight up to win on the road. All right. That'll do it
1: for another edition of Houndstooth Heroes. Thank you, Rob, for joining us. Let's do this again next year.
0: Well, this is all mine, fellas. Thank you guys so much for having me. I look forward to doing it again next year, and uh, hopefully Sunday morning it's uh, it's going to be a little more exciting on Twitter than it usually has been the last few years for me.
1: All right, fair enough. As always, we'll try to do better next week. Thanks to Bowen and Elliot and all the good people at Druid City Brewing Company for keeping us in the tastiest of suds when we're in Tuscaloosa, and you should do the same. Take us home, my man. All right, thank you, Rob. Love you, Greg. Love you. Eat our Roll Roll Tide.